0: This is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric
1: Carabel. All the world's a stage, and we are merely players. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball, Thursday, August 15, 2019. I was just listening to Rush before the show. I am Eric, he is Tristan, and today's producer is Troy Farkas with Tom Carpenter, silently editorially watchdogging from afar. On today's fine show, it's weekend preview time for the pitchers. I'm going to bring up Raphael Devers as a first-round pick next year, and Tristan will tell me why that's dumb. The latest combo meals, closer carousel, and as always, myriad hash browns. Tristan, are you having a good
0: day? <laughs> <laughs> all i want to know is if you chose free will
1: <laughs> see and i know you don't like rush for some reason but i'm a big fan
0: i, I you know what though i we we talked it about it growing on you year. maybe I'm, I'm starting to come around to rush i don't love them but yeah I'm starting to get an appreciation. Well, that's all it
1: takes, and I hope you all appreciate (laughs) that. You're 29. That's not old. 25. 25. You know what? It's time for you to stop lying. You're not 25. You're 29. Uh, Lots to get to, as I just mentioned on today's show. So let's get right to it with the buzz. All right. So I wrote about this the other day, and I know you checked it out. Raphael Devers is ahead of Mike Trout on the Player Raider. And he has only two fewer stolen bases, but he might win a batting title. His power numbers are unbelievable. He has a hit in just about every at-bat this week. Why not? Devers versus Mookie Betts next year. I'm not going to say versus Trout. But I'm already thinking about Ronald Acuna versus Trout for next year. I mean, he's going to go for 40-40. Trout's not. And Devers versus Mookie. Can you make the case? And is Devers in your
0: first round? Uh... I guess you can make the case. I, Why I guess? What do you? What more do you need to see? Bets Bets is the better option for stolen bases. That's to me indisputable. Um, I know that Devers has contributed in that category, but he has not been efficient. Uh, espe- yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> but, so, but Devers is, has like forty batting average points on him. I look
0: Right, but remember the Betts has had a career of some extreme ups and downs in terms of the batting average on balls in play. So Betts is just as likely to lead the league in batting average as Raphael Devers is in any future season. Taking this out of the equation. Um, yeah, I, I just... I, I think Betts is a better pick. I I see your point about Devers being a borderline first-round pick. He's had an extraordinary season, and he has shown that he can contribute at a high level in both batting average and home runs. I I see your point there.
1: What about Devers versus Freddie Freeman? Because Freeman, to me, is a borderline first-round pick as well.
0: Yeah, and and Freeman's had another great year, another great, consistent year. And the thing that has impressed me so much about him is that he, he did, and this began last year, show a shift back towards the line drive approach rather than going for all power. And really didn't sacrifice anything in terms of the stats. And when I see a guy like that, I think, yeah, that's a that's a a safe, consistent guy. And isn't that really what the first round is all about? Is about not blowing it with that first pick.
1: Um yeah, I mean you're looking for upside, you don't want to take chances. Um but I mean I, I look at the player right now and I see it's Yellow Acuna, Bellinger, Devers, Trout in the top five, Freeman is six, Story is seven, Starling Marte just stole his twentieth base. That's how many consecutive – that's seven consecutive years of 20 or more stolen bases with a good batting average. And this is his second straight year with 20 home runs. And we never consider him even a second-round pick. But, you know, maybe we should because of the positive steals. Like, there's a lot of options here in round one and round two. And, like, to me, like, they're all hitters. Like, I understand Scherzer and Sale, and you have to start considering them in round – I guess late round one. But I'm going to have a tough time because there's so many good hitters. We haven't even mentioned Baez or Marte or Bogarts or Rendon. And Lindor, who you have in your first round, Tatis, who might be in mine. Like, right. there's a lot of players here to consider for your top 20.
0: I, I want to go back to your Marte, and you mentioned two Marte's here. So oh, Starling as the Steels, Cattell. Cattell, yes, I figured it was the other one. I, I, in Starling Marte's defense here, this might be more about the player than it is the analyst. Because the analysts have been firmly in the camp that he's a top 30 value. The problem, I think, with Marte from the broad fantasy baseball perspective is that I think people do criticize him for the suspension he had a couple of years ago, and it's not right. He has put up some tremendous stats, and... I know we as analysts have been regarding him as a guy who could be a borderline second round pick. Now that's usually more in the fifteen team mixed leagues than it is in the ten teamers.
1: Yeah, he's probably a th- probably a third round pick at best. I think he went even later than that this year. Maybe I'll round five the number.
0: He went but in, he went thirty fifth overall. So okay, he that's around
1: four. But like the numbers are there. I mean twenty twenty for consecutive season anyway. And I'm trying to think of anybody else that could push their way into the top 20 hitters. And, I mean, Whit Merrifield, I think, is is probably around there now. Juan Soto should be there. Arenado, obviously. I'm not trying to miss anybody. Um, man, there's a lot of players here. J.D. Martinez is out of the top 10. Um
0: Bregman Martinez has actually not had as bad a year as, well, he hasn't. He hasn't. as people think. But I do see your point on him. I, I think that Martinez is the kind of guy whose stats you can replace. And I'm not going to go with the homer-oriented outfielder early on. I'd rather build in other ways.
1: Trey Turner is, and obviously he missed time with an injury, but
0: is he still in your first round for next year? He, he might be. I, I have a hunch he's going to hover somewhere in that 12 be, to 14 Yeah, range. I think it's that round, too. Yeah. Because it's not a
1: 50-steel guy. I mean, if Sarley Marte is a 25-homer, 25 25-steel 25 guy, and Trey Turner is a 15-homer, 35-steel guy, mm-hmm. would you rather have Turner? I guess by a little but not by a lot. Yeah. We I mean, we, we we
0: valued Turner wrong, probably. Anyway. Well <sighs> Turner's decline in terms of stolen I mean, you know, I mean he's still very good in terms of steals. Sure. The decline in stolen bases has kind of mirrored the league's overall trend, so I think I'm going to have to do some math, you know, some deep math here during the offseason to see exactly what the weight of Turner's contributions there are before I fully rank him. I I feel like he's a a locked in second round pick. I I actually think the the toughest part for judging 2020 rankings is going to be where do the pitchers start? Because when I look at what my current ranks are for the rest of the year, I feel like the nine guys that I have in my top ten overall who are hitters are locked in guys. They will be there for 2020. I can't see that changing at all. And I would argue that anywhere from two to five of the guys that are in the next group of 15 also really belong as first, you know, first round picks or if not that, top 15 overall. I'm not sure I can make the case for the ace pitcher until about pick 14 15.
1: I agree with that. Let me get your brief thoughts on a bunch of players. Let's get some names in here. Aristides Aquino of Cincinnati, Stall Base, Homer to but he's not getting any singles. Batting av- This looks like a batting average drain who just hits for power, and that may, may be okay. What's your latest thoughts on him?
0: Um, <laughs> it's extraordinary power, and the approach does support it, but this is an, un- I mean, it's an obviously unsustainable pace. And to your point about not doing an awful lot else other than power, that does alarm me. He does have the shaky plate discipline numbers that suggest there's going to be a slump coming up, but you might as well stash him see how things go. Aquino
1: versus Gio Urshella rest of the season. They're the top two most added players in ESPN leagues.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I'm, I'm, I'll take Urshella. I am too. <laughs> Urshella has really impressed. I, I don't know how much you've watched of Urshela. I watch him almost every single night. So um, I'm, I'm very impressed. beyond impressed by what this guy has done. This is a player who had a great defensive reputation, had a hint of pop as he was rising in the minors, and I didn't expect him to hit for the average that he is.
1: Uh, Mike Talkman is the third most added player. Talkman versus Aquino, Talkman. See now, Talkman is available in fifty percent of leagues, and Aquino is not. He's thirty yeah. percent. So people are are obviously looking at Aquino for the power. Um, JD Davis of the Mets. Like we're trying to give people help. Thursdays, the day, day I write my blog on pickups. JD Davis of the Mets is playing every day. He's batting near near the middle of the lineup every day or second. He's legit.
0: Yeah. Um. And and I I. Was a little bit lukewarm on him. At one point, we mentioned his name previously on the show, and that was my mistake on this, is that what I'm forgetting is that the power tool for him had been tremendous in the minors. Uh, I, whatever I had said, however I described it, I was cut, undercutting him from that angle. So the fact that he's able to hit with power to all fields is a very good thing. I like the multi-eligibility. He probably is the highest ranked of this group. It's not by leaps and bounds, but I think he's probably the smartest of these four. Davis. J.D. Davis. Davis. JD wow. Davis.
1: Okay, that's that's interesting news because Ursella and Aquino are are being picked up in a lot of leagues, and JD mm-hmm. Davis kind of isn't. Um what about um Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh might win the national league batting title and he's still available in fifty seven percent of ESPN standard leagues? Now I can't explain that. It's not like he has no power. He's not gonna hit twenty home runs, but he he might get close. But he bats second every day for Pittsburgh. Switch hitter, Vanderbilt product, looks great. Why yeah. why are people not adding him?
0: Uh, is he a pirate? It's, I mean... it's, it's, yeah, it's possibly the ballpark. It's possibly just that, that people look at him as empty batting average. They're not recognizing he has 13 home runs, which is... I mean, I know in today's game that's not all that much, but it it's a contribution. It's not like he's completely empty batting average like Joe Panik's prime. Um, the, the thing that I'm impressed by him is that he, you'd think he's more of a weekly matchup guy or a daily matchup guy where he's going to mash from one side as a switch hitter. Not true. He's actually hit pitchers from both sides very well, so he's kind of matchup proof.
1: Miami goes to Coors this weekend. Brian Anderson, more power than we thought. I'd rather – I mean – I'd rather have Brian Reynolds and Brian Anderson, but if you want some Miami guys for the weekend, Anderson does have 18 home runs. Starling Castro will get his third base eligibility. He's batting like 290 over the past month. And John Birdie, only, only Starling Marte has more steals than John Birdie in August. He already has four steals in half a month. That's pretty good. And again, they're going to Denver. That's yep. a good thing.
0: It's a very good thing. I would be on board with that. My concern for Anderson, and by all means, what he's doing, I think he's worth adding for the rest of the year. Long term, I don't like what he is doing in terms of adjusting his swing. I think he is sacrificing too much of everything else in order to go for a hint more power. I don't like that.
1: Well, if you don't like it, then that's a problem. Um, Do you like it? <laughs> no, of course not, but that's the, that's the game today. It's not like he's hurting your batting average. It's just, you know, everybody wants home runs. Uh, I, I miss. Not, he's the not old hurting game. it.
0: He's certainly not helping he's not it. Not
1: helping it. All right, you know what is helping? Ah, our friends at ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. There are no comma meals, so we won't play that music, but there are closers to discuss in the carousel. The Closer Carousel. All right, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> back to this. Every show, because Mark Melanson had another blow up yesterday, Shot. and I, I I think Luke Jackson gets the next chance again.
0: I do not. I think Shane Green does, but I, uh, Luke oh. Jackson, he has pitched the most effectively. I am absolutely with you on that. But the way that the game had played out yesterday with Green throwing a more effective eighth inning in, in setup of Melanson, I think they might go back there and see where things play out.
1: Uh, Boston, I think it's time to let go of Nate Evaldi. It probably was a month ago. I, th- it's amazing that we were duped <laughs> here,
0: right? Like, Well. You, uh, so you think he is closing? No, I most certainly don't. Uh, he's going back to the rotation. So is there any chance of value there? And my take is no. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But he is going back to the rotation. It, it's possible that in September, when he faces some of the weaker offenses, he could give you something once the workload's built up. I guess. I just, I'm not.
1: I know. I just, you know, isn't it amazing? Like they tell you something's going to happen and we all say, Oh, wow, that's interesting. And then we all flock to go pick the guy up. And then look what happens. Nothing happens. It's just, you know, I, I, I get tired of this sometimes. (laughs) Why would you lie to us? We're your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, the Red Sox have had a problem. In the bullpen, the entire season, they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, and none of it. Well, sticking.
1: Brandon Workman's not spaghetti. He's clearly their closer now. He blew his save the other day, and then they won the game in extras. But because
0: he, he's been all right, yes, and he's in fine. He's, he's, he's Hector right.
1: Neris. He's Luke Jackson. He's nothing special. You don't have to. You don't have to roster a Phillies, Braves, Red Sox reliever. Just like you don't have to roster a Mariners, Tigers, Marlins. Marlins even had a save chance since the deadline? I don't think they had. I they can't recall.
0: Have, they have had two, quote, save chances. The air quote thing going here, and that they were sixth and seventh innings. Uh, so nobody's wins. had, like, a
1: ninth inning save nope.
0: chance. They have not been close to right. having
1: so, one. So, yeah, even though, like, the Phillies and the Red Sox and the Braves have more wins and losses, you can avoid those teams as well.
0: Well, there's a little bit of difference here between Miami. You know, my, of course, there Miami, is. And Boston. I think you're going to have to pull from some of these better teams' bullpens. But I see your point that you don't like to. It doesn't make you feel good.
1: I wrote about Andres Munoz and Emmanuel Clase the other day, uh, fireballing youngsters uh, who really aren't in position to get saves anytime soon. But you know, if Kirby Ace gets traded, that could open up the door for Munoz, who throws 100 repeatedly, and Clase is the, uh I guess, the handcuff for Jose Leclerc at this point. But I, I'm looking more for dynasty purposes on those two guys. But you, you generally don't want to even roster relief pitchers in a dynasty league at all.
0: You don't, but there are the leagues where you keep a large number of players or if salaries are involved. And if you have uh, flyers on these guys, which is what we have been recommending over the past couple of weeks, they could turn out some, uh, to be something for you for 20
1: um, I enjoyed – look, I was a big Cole Hamels fan when he was a Philly I enjoyed – I didn't want him to get lit up that bad yesterday because I got him on a fantasy team or two. But he, it was bad. Are you worried about Hamels? Next outing is against the Giants, though. So I'm going to say no, I'm not worried about Hamels. And Trevor Bauer got lit up, but only like in the fifth inning by Washington. Who are you more worried about, Hamels or Bauer? Or zero? Um, or are you are not worried about either?
0: I, I Well, I'm, I'm a little worried about both. I'm more, I'm more worried about Cole Hamels just because it was an injury that preceded this – chain of, I believe it's three starts now since he's come back, of pretty unimpressive numbers. I don't think there's any way I can make a case to use him in any start going forward without seeing some evidence of meaning at least the quality start minimum.
1: Okay, so you're going to sit him against the Giants next yep. week. He might be a two-start guy, too. Um, and then Bauer, I think, I looked at the schedule, was like, it was like Pirates and Marlins. It was like, he was pretty good. So...
0: Bauer's up and down year has been maddening. It's it sunk an awful lot of my fantasy teams. You know, I was a very big believer that Bauer was going to put up a huge season. He has been a major disappointment. Just, the, the command just hasn't been there for him. It no, just hasn't. a lot of
1: walks, way too many walks. Um, looking at Thursday's schedule, um, speaking of walks, Aaron Sanchez of Houston at Oakland and Mike Fires. Fires is so underrated every season. I bet if I looked right now, he's in the top 20 among pitchers for the season. And nobody ever wants to draft him. And nobody ever wants to pick him up during the season. And every year he has the numbers. And you know that we have discussed this before. He is not in the top 20. He's number 22. I mean, yeah. really. He's ahead of Aaron Nola, Chris Paddock, Chris Sale, Yep, Bauer, Flaherty. It's he's ahead of all year. these guys. And, again, nobody ever wants Mike Fires, And I, I struggle to understand why. Now, he's not a, a dominant strikeout guy or not even close to that. But not every one of your pitchers needs he's rostered in 73% now. Um I just anyway, Aaron Sanchez, are you buying what he's doing?
0: Yeah. Just because it's going to Houston, Houston's allowing to throw his breaking pitches, which I think was a big problem in Toronto. So if you have a change there skills wise, I am a little bit more apt to, to buy in. I, I find it so curious that you bring up the Mike Fires underrated year. He's been exceptional for at least a good two months I'd say and I'd argue this is a really good debate between these two. Do you use Fires against the scary Astros offense, or do you use Aaron Sanchez at Oakland? And I'll tell you, I would go Mike Fires here, and a lot has to do with just having the home game in the pitcher's ballpark. I
1: think if you've got Mike Fires on your roster, you never sit him unless they go to Denver. I really do. Like, what, like I'm looking at Mike Fires' game log. What do we need to see more?
0: It's, it's mid-August. Like, why are we scared of, of him against Houston? I understand Houston scores runs, but... We are only scared of him because he has a pretty modest K rate, and that is the only reason. But he has made that work for a really long time. I mean, if you call up just his player page, his 10-game ten, his, his ten log, nine of them were quality starts, yeah. and the 10th he missed by one out.
1: I mean, like, you see a guy who's having a good year and you don't expect it, like Jake Odorizzi. All right. And then you look at Fires and like every year is kind of the same as opposed to Odorizzi who pitches on Friday. I just – I don't. They
0: scare me from draft day investments or guys I'm locking in for 162 games. I'd be scared of both of those guys. I completely get that. But when they are doing this kind of thing, you've got to buy in. There's, there, there, there's a value to chasing streaks.
1: Uh Friday late night on ESPN Plus. I know Tristan and I will be watching this game. Justin Verlander and Tanner Roark. You do not want Roark in this case. He's a really hittable. And Verlander's awesome. Lucas Giolito's at the Angels tomorrow. You're going to obviously want him active. Uh No Marlins or Rockies pitchers. We're not having another John Gray argument here. Uh, Mike Miner at home against Minnesota. Last week, two great outings. I'm back. I never left. Be, being in love with Mike Minor. I don't know why anyone would, but I know I know why some people would, but they where's shouldn't. he at
0: right now in the in the starting pitching ratings? Because I know the one I had which is a day old he had a I had He's a 14, number fourteen. Fourteen still. Lance okay.
1: Lynn is thirteen and Mike Minor's fourteen. Last I looked at it, were the top two pitchers in the majors in B war. Baseball reference war. And I don't know why you would hate on either of these guys. One gets strikeouts, the other's not giving up any runs. Um They're, they're I, fantastic. I, I get it
0: because Minnesota's Yes, they hit season homers. Season total, yes. Miner's going to season... give up
1: two homers in this game, but still win.
0: And maybe he won't. I mean, Minnesota's offense isn't quite as scary as it was on, say, June 1st.
1: Not without Nelson Cruz, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Rick Porcello at home against Baltimore. Rick is going to end up a Philly next year. It's going to be so ironic.
0: Did it surprise you that the Red Sox pulled Andrew Kashner before they pulled Rick Porcello?
1: No. No. Cashner has been even worse.
0: I, I was a little bit.
1: Maybe Kashner's their closer. How about yeah, that? Kaschner
0: did pick up a save uh, the other day, didn't he? he had yeah, and he
1: pitched in relief yesterday in an important inning, too. So
0: Right. It was an extra inning game, I think, where they had already it used It was. They used mostly
1: everybody. But yeah. still, like Saturday, um, let's see, of interest here. Uh No on that. Mike fulton at home against the Dodgers. He's looked better his last two outings. He struck people out. Are you using Fulton-Evich against future Cy Young winner Hyunjin Ryu? <laughs> a uh, tough one. I don't think I would.
0: Yeah, I I lean towards no here. If I'm in – I've got NL only leagues where I'm going to need to do it just because he's not that scary. But it's a Dodgers matchup. You try to avoid those wherever you can.
1: Denelson Lamette, San Diego at Philly. Um, So Philly changes hitting coaches. Let me get your take here. Charlie Manuel, I, I don't know what it can really change here. I mean Bryce Harper is just Bryce Harper. But Philly scored a lot of runs against the Cubs yesterday. Do you think the offense is back or is it just one game? I don't think momentum exists in baseball. So Lamed is a big strikeout guy. Now they don't have Fernando Tatis this weekend. He's on the injury list now and that's a big deal for getting a win and for defensive purposes. But uh, San Diego pitchers at Philly this weekend, yay or nay? I
0: I would agree with you on one thing that uh, momentum doesn't exist because remember that's the only next, the next day's starting pitcher. And with the opener, there's often no next day's starting pitcher, so there's really no momentum. There we go. My math, very simple, very stupid. Um, I don't think this really changes much of anything. I, you're going to know better than I am. And I know Charlie Manuel has a great re- reputation for getting hitters straightened out if there are issues. But to just do this overnight, I mean, come on. Maybe there's something yeah. over the final six weeks. But that's that's a project. That's not an overnight thing. It's not like he's
1: changing Nick Williams here. I mean, Harper, Rio Muto, Hoskins, these are established veteran players. He's going right. to do something to make them great again? I, I, they're, and, and the last night, they looked fine. Hoskins led off. Real Milton a grand slam. I'm just saying here, don't overrate this. I mean, Scott Kingery, when he's not leading off, ha- has like a 950 OPS, like hitting 330 with power. When he is leading off, he's been awful. So maybe that's like uh, in his mind or something. But, you know, no. Uh, and by the way, speaking of injuries, not only is Tatisa's loss, I don't think it's more. I don't think he misses like three weeks, but just keep an eye on that. Um, they, uh, they, they can talk- shut him down.
0: They can. They were talking about him playing on Friday, so that that to me showed a little bit of optimism yeah. from a long term angle. I don't think we've seen the last of him, and I think he might be back at the minimum.
1: Keep him rostered, um, Jameson Tyon. Speaking of injuries.
0: Oh. He was the
1: number 17 starting pitcher in ESPN average live drafts. He made seven starts. They putzed around all season long with that elbow. And now he needs Tommy John surgery for a second time. And he's going to miss all of next season. If he had had that surgery back in May, we still could have gotten, you know, 20 starts next year. You can't even hold on to Tyone and the dynasty, can you?
0: Only if you've got some sort of contract that's at a low price and you can lock him in for multiple years. But no, we're not seeing it.
1: Second at TJ all. surgery. Uh, who knows when he how, how long it takes yeah, but
0: him. That's that's not like a death sentence. No, but, but it's, it 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 increases the risk. It recovery from Tommy John surgery and recovery at a high level is not an automatic even the first time. This, this by the way, there's this injury. This crushed me this year because you remember I was very big on Jamison Taylor. We all and
1: were. Who wouldn't have been? Who wouldn't have been high I was, on James I know, Tyone?
0: but I'm I'm throwing myself under the bus and just saying that I was I was all in on this That's guy. It's not your fault it's an injury. I know, but but like he had shown so much promise at the end of last season with that slider and this year was a complete mess and now yeah we lose two seasons from him. He, it's it's multiple surgeries too, right? Yes.
1: yes, it's, it's not only like the UCL in his elbow, yeah. is a flexor tendon as flexor well, tendon. So. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, it's Jose Quintana who struck out 14 Phillies this week and didn't win. Against Pittsburgh's Mitch Keller who finally won! Highly touted rookie, finally won. It was only five innings, but at least he got, you know, got the win. We hope Jess is back in the booth for this one as well. Yes. Yes. Um, she's great. So anyway, Mitch Keller, I've been talking about him for two years now, and you know I like stashed him in a few leagues. He finally pitched okay. Would you use Keller in this outing? You know you would use Quintana, but Keller is—is he, is he a viable streamer on Sunday
0: night? I, I think I'd keep him to the sidelines and evaluate here. I, I do find that the non-standard stadiums scare me from the pitching side. So if there's any real questions. Uh, I try to keep them on the side. This is the Williamsport game, so.
1: All right. It, yes.
0: So it's not the PNC Park one. PNC Park is known data where there. It's it's. I mean, it's just kills right-handed power. Uh, it's kind of moderate for lefty power. and it, it is a pitcher's friendly ballpark. So if it was there, maybe I. Roll the dice. And, and of course, if you're chasing a matchup and you just need volume, go ahead.
1: Right. No, I forgot that it was that game. Tom, by the way, can you edit that into the story? (laughs) That It's not in Pittsburgh, that it's actually the uh, Little League World Series game. Uh, you know, just ever so slightly. I think Tom's still there. Absolutely. Um, also Absolutely. on Sunday, I don't mind saying that. He's gotta He's the man. <laughs> Tom's awesome. Uh, Sunday, the game to watch, I think, is Dustin May against Max Fried, a pair of rookies here. I need Dustin May to pitch well in one of my leagues. And Max Fried has pitched well. I think he's won five consecutive outings. Who would you rather roster, uh, this weekend and rest of the season? And in the future, in a dynasty. If oh, I like it. fair, too. All three. It, uh,
0: you know, I think I'm gonna go across the board, Dustin May here. I, I just don't want Freed against the Dodgers this you know, since you asked this weekend. For the rest of the year... Yeah,
1: Braves hit too. I mean, Ronald Acuna might win MVP. He could literally win MVP in the National League, despite Ballinger, who hasn't been great of late. Yelich hasn't been playing of late. If Ronald Acuna goes 40-40 and they win 95 games, why can't he win MVP?
0: Ronald Acuna, by the way, also has an excellent chance of finishing number one of on the player radar.
1: I agree with you. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like... You, we assume that this Dodger lineup, okay, against Max Freed is going to kill him. But like, why do we assume Atlanta's lineup won't do damage against uh, you know, red haired May? I, I like them both, but like, it's a tough, this tough, true. tough schedule yeah. for. Each.
0: And he does have, you know, Freed does have the advantage of the home game. I probably should be considering this more of a fair battle between the two of them. I would also say that I, I feel a little more secure in Freed's rotation spot for the rest of the year. Yes. But I'm going skills May for this game. I'm going skills May for the rest of the year, and I'm. The one more I'm really not doubting. it. I love Dustin May as a long-term project here more than I like Max Freed. Uh, so I'd take him from from the long-term angle. It was a great, great bit of news when the Dodgers did uh, say that Rich Hill was coming back in relief. And I think uh, Ross Stripling is very likely also to come back in relief. In that case, they have a very clear rotation path for May for the entirety of the rest of if the
1: year. If May pitches well these final six weeks, there's a path for him to be a top 30 Uh, starting pitcher in our rankings next year like we like him that much
0: there is yes he's going to need to do some things but yes this is it it might not be on the level of the walker bueller finish to 2018 but is it crazy to say he could do that
1: crazy at all that he could we could evaluate he's obviously not walker bueller is a top 10 starting pitcher next year may we're not going to rank that way but in two years could they be equal yeah
0: they could. I really like Walker Bueller.
1: But I I do too, and we all do, but I'm just I'm saying Dustin May, like if you like Dustin May versus Chris Paddock rest of the season and next year, you can make the case for May, and people will be surprised we're saying this. That's my point.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like the ceiling's a little higher for May than it is for Paddock. What I like about Paddock is I think Paddock's got such an elevated floor. I love that change up for him. Change of speeds like some of the best of them in the game.
1: All right, up next it's myriad hash browns. All right. I see uh, some questions that were put into our note here from Kyle, who's now on the football show. And he does the football fantasy focus every day, Monday through Friday. They even go on the road sometimes. It was a big week with the fantasy marathon. It was great to see you, Tristan, and you, Tom, in bucolic Bristol, Connecticut. Had some good times there. And um, I didn't have to stay awake for 28 straight hours. <laughs> Although I came close. <laughs> uh <I> couldn't sleep <laughs> for some reason. Um,
0: Sorry to hear that.
1: Uh, I, I, it's good to see that you're sounding better because you had a little bit of a cold when you were in Bristol.
0: I'm I'm still working. the The singing voice isn't quite back yet, so thanks. But I'm I'm not quite there yet, which is concerning me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Don't want to put me on the IL and shut me down. No, no, year. we we can't <laughs> shut you down. <laughs> we, we have six more weeks My, of the fantasy focused oh. baseball my fantasy teams might be shutting themselves down for the rest of the year it feels like that the way i look at my stupid standings man but i look i'm fighting
1: i have a <laughs> league and i'm not going to keep talking about this league okay but i was up 12 I wonder what league that is i was up 12 on uh monday morning when i did my you know my lineup and somebody reached out to me and said it's tied and I looked because I'm trying not to look during the week because, like, I can't change anything. The roster is a weekly. I can't. It, there's no point in me worrying about it. I'm not. And then I looked and, like, we're both over 100 points now. That's hard to do. I'm not sure the last time in that week well, You're league. not
0: now. You're not, you're not n- as of this minute. I'm not winning now? As of last night. Oh. No, you were both. When you said you were both over 100, that was last night. It, right,
1: are you checking the rank and the standings in my league and I'm not? Oh, of course. Oh, am I still winning?
0: Yeah, you're st- you're up by four points. <laughs> I wonder what league this is. I
1: wonder. Do share. Uh, no, Do share? question here. Tim says, from an inning starts perspective, how much more are we going to get from Walker Bueller? They're not. Is he on an innings limit?
0: Uh, I hadn't heard a firm number. I, I think they might manipulate a couple of starts down the stretch with a big lead. But let's see, last year he totaled 153 and a third. He's at 137 in a third right now. They're going to need to preserve a little bit for the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked by maybe a start or two gets either shortened or just bumped in September. But that's not enough to really make any rash fantasy decisions.
1: Joe asks, what players are you expecting to fade next season based on what their ADP will be? Ugh, it's, I can't even begin to think about that.
0: I mean... overperformers generally. over who have the name brand...
1: Well, I guess if you look at the player radar right now, we can find guys who we don't think are going to do it again, right? On the pitching and hitting. Like Hyunjin Ryu, if he's a third-round pick, I'm going to say no. If... But I mean, I'm looking at the rest. of the, I mean, obviously, both t- uh, Rangers pitchers, Lance Lynn and Mike Meyer, nobody's going to want to draft them in the top 100, right? Um, even if they deserve it. But most of the pitchers in the top 20, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with for next year. I can't believe that would be the same with the batters. But let me just make sure here. Like Devers, I'm telling you, like might be number 10. Um, what do you think Devers bats next
0: year? I think he's a 300 hitter going forward. And how many guys can you say that about other yeah. than Jeff McNeil? See the thing was, the first number that came to my mind was two hundred ninety, and I'm not gonna quibble over three hundred versus two ninety. Three you know, what is it, three twenty seven right now? I would yeah, I would I wouldn't quibble with that.
1: Uh I don't Although, where, where's Jose Ramirez man. gonna go? Now that he's stopped worrying about the shift and he's hitting great again. Yeah. Is he gonna be a third round pick next
0: year? I don't feel good about that. Do you? Actually I think that's I think that's decent value. I guess he doesn't. I, I think it's fair. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I, oh wow! Sign me up today. I'm so excited. But I don't. I don't think that's. That doesn't. You know, like I don't look at that and say, Oh no way! I'm out. I uh, the, the the highest ranked hitter that I I don't think there's any way I could invest at the level he'll go is Catal Marte.
1: Yeah, but you believe what he's doing is real?
0: No, I. I mean, you don't. I don't. Really? I don't. Do you? I mean, well. She's gonna- <laughs>
1: Let's put it this way. What part of Cattell Marte's season ha- doesn't have you convinced? He's batting 320? That's a high. 24 home runs, that seems high, but with the happy fun baseballs, I mean, you know, Mitch Garber's going to hit 30 home runs. Eight steals, I thought would be double that.
0: That's what bothers me, is that eight steals, I thought that would be double that. And if he comes back down next year to 290 and, you know, 17 homers and he only gives you another 8 to 10 stolen bases, is that going to really be worth a top 50 pick?
1: Uh, I think Quetel Marte is going in the top 50 next year, Tristan. If he ends up a top 10 hitter on on the player Raider, chances are pretty good he's going to, and with middle infield eligibility, he's going to be a top 50 pick.
0: In in the pursuit of having to come up with a name for this one, if you're going to, you think he's top 50 ADP? Yeah. I'm out. I take that bet today. I'm out. He will not be in the top 50 at the end of next year.
1: Oh, you don't think he will be, or you nope. don't think he would draft
0: him? I No, if he's going to go in that, and that's where I'm placing my bet on him, taking him, having to invest, or be out, I am out. I do not think he will be in the top 50 at the end of the year. I do not think in the 2020 player at the end of the year that he will be a top 50 player. I, and it, I, I don't dislike the player, but I I cannot see this repeating to this level.
1: Who would you rather draft next year, Marte or DJ LeMahieu? LeMahieu.
0: Really? Yeah, I think Lemayhew's and, and now now in fairness, I do play so much of the sabermetrically inclined leagues that I'm I'm thinking about a guy who's got a very good approach to hitting and has a lot of stability in batting average and of course on base percentage. That's why I would take Lemayhew. I think there's an awful lot more safety and stability in him, and I don't think Lemayhew goes in the top fifty next year.
1: Uh, Ozzy Albie's versus Catal Marte.
0: Albie's. Really?
1: Oh, I don't understand your hatred, but okay. I, Sounds I like don't, you should write about I don't this, this at some point. I don't I think, think that's it's hatred. hatred. I think it's hatred when a guy who is the number 10 hitter for the season on the player radar, having a magnificent season, and, and I think a lot of numbers support this, actually, his place here. You saying that he's not belonging of a top 50 hitter status next year seems a little odd, yeah, to me.
0: I um, think he's a very good player. I think he's a very good fantasy player. I think he's a very good real-life player. I like what he's done defensively in center field for the Diamondbacks. That's really yeah, interesting. I mean, like,
1: I understand but, you're saying no on Danny Santana <laughs> or Ramon but that's Laureano. Or,
0: we, can't, we can't absorb the obvious choices here. And to me, this is one where I, I just don't see it happening. Right. I I mean, frankly, you know, if you throw Albies and, and I mean, Albies, who, who has a better reputation year over year than Catel Marte skills-wise, I would tell you that I think you're the Albies pessimist.
1: Ozzie Albies last year, Tristan, was great for a month and bad after that. And this year he's been awfully erratic. So I'm not sure. I mean, he he started hitting and running again when he batted second. But for a while, he was kind of just average. I I think I'd rather have Cattell Marte than Ozzie Albies next year. But Albies is
0: uh, 21 points of batting average and six home runs behind Cattell Marte this year. He has three more stolen bases. And I would argue that Albies isn't stealing enough.
1: Oh I don't think anybody's stealing enough
0: i I just I feel like those two guys are gonna have their ups okay. and downs next season yeah no that's fair i it's
1: it, and you know that's that's a fair point to make i just I don't agree on marte uh Jones guy
0: who's your guy give me give, <laughs> give me your top fifty guy you're out on today you know he's going top fifty you're out I'd love to hear your guy uh this isn't
1: a contest I mean no, I, I, I it's just probably I think... josh Bell to be honest okay you know that's because first choice. base to me is deep. Uh, at the top, and I'm a concern with this second half. He just went a month without hitting a home run, which seems odd to me. So, you know, I generally try, I, I'm not saying I avoid like first baseman, like I wouldn't avoid Freddie Freeman around two. I didn't avoid Goldschmidt this year around two. I will next year. Um, but, man, I mean, if Josh Bell's going around three next year, I'm probably passing on that for Rendon or Witt or Le- not who Baez I bet Mookie falls a little next year Adam. Baez
0: might be a first round pick
1: yeah, I, we, we, we have 15 guys going in the first round next year, they can't all do that um, alright, let's move on here Jonesy has a question, uh, who are some minor league players that can contribute down the stretch in a deep league assuming the top 10 prospects are already rostered, we keep talking about Kyle Tucker Forrest Whitley, Gavin Lux would be my first pick here, I think we do this on every show now Any update on Gavin Lux? I mean, they only have two weeks to activate him, right? Before, although he's in the system, so they don't have to activate him before September 1st to have him on the uh, roster in the playoffs. But still, I'm just a little surprised that.
0: I'm checking the 40 man. But like, everybody that Dodgers call up hits.
1: I mean, Edwin Rios got called up last week, and he had two homers yesterday, and I looked at his minor league numbers, and yeah, he hit for power, but he also had a huge K-rate. You know, they call Beatty and he hits. Like, everybody they, they, they signed Chris Negron, who was a prospect 12 <laughs> years ago in the Reds. Like, it's amazing. Everybody the Dodgers call up. It's like the Yankees and the Dodgers. They know what they're doing. They call somebody up and they just hit. It's am- hey, Mike Tachman, how does that happen?
0: Well, the Dodgers are doing the same thing. Right. Uh, Gavin Lux is not on the 40 man roster, so that is a problem from the playoff roster standpoint. He's got to be on it in order for them to draw from it for the playoffs. I'm not so sure it happens, and I'm sorry to just not have a name that comes immediately to mind as a high-impact player, but I think we've got most of the impact prospects into the majors already. I don't think, and as, and, and I've felt like this for many years now, I think the 40-man roster expansion is massively overrated fantasy-wise in terms of impact prospects.
1: Closet A's fan, head-to-head Roto League, my current outfielders are fan, Blackman Yelich. My utility is Keston Hura. Do I play Aquino of the Reds over any of them? And do I bother to hold on to Ramon Laureano? So Keston Hura versus Aquino, I would take Hura. Would you?
0: I have got to dig up that list because you read it so fast. There's All no remember. Right, so one it's it.
1: Fam Blackman Yelich is his outfield. You can't sit any of them. Right. Keston Hura at utility. Yep. Do we Does he play Aquino over any of the players I just named?
0: I can't see how he'd do that. The only way that Aquino is going to factor in here is that if Yelich has any of those day-to-day injury issues, you could throw him in in the daily transactions leagues.
1: And he also asked another question. Does he hang on to Luke Voigt? Any update on Luke Voigt? Is he coming back?
0: Voigt, the last one I had heard, he had started doing baseball activities the other day. Uh, I have not heard an update in the past, I'd say, 48 hours, however. I think there is hope that he comes back around the roster expansion, though.
1: Steve's question: Has Teoscar Hernandez changed anything to support his second half spike, or is it simply a nice run? His OPS is over a thousand in the second half. You know, Teoscar Hernandez and Randall Grichuk seem similar to me: low batting average, high power. They bat fifth, fourth, fifth, six in that range for a team with huge young players that get on base. Uh, who was I talking to? It might have been Schoenfeld this weekend. He has Teoscar Hernandez in a keeper league, and he's like, "What do I do with him?" I and I do you keep Teoscar, Teoscar Hernandez? Are you in or are you out?
0: Uh, I think I'm probably out. And I mean, this is <laughs> noting that I just watched this game where he played against the Yankees, where he hit, he hit a home run that, oh man, in Toronto, this thing traveled a country mile. <laughs> I, I he don't has like, obvious power. I mean, he, he,
1: Seosker and Grichik obvious power.
0: He hits for a very low average. It eats away at his on-base percentage. It's going to lead to some streaks and inconsistency. And frankly, I mean, yeah, I mentioned that home run he just hit. His power has been very inconsistent. It's not like he's put up great big numbers in any professional season. I would think, What's his pro high? 24? I believe it. Let's see. 24. He's never hit more than 24 home runs I mean, in any professional
1: season. Teoscar run. should be doing what Jorge Soler's doing. That would change things. But he's not.
0: Right. He, he, and, and the other is if he was doing Jorge Soler things, he needs to start doing some of the things that is doing to improve himself as a player.
1: I should've kept Soler. Yeah, I'm man. a little
0: more on the Soler Dan Wagner. I, I <laughs> missed
1: that, man. I really should have kept Solaire in that league. Um here's Brent. Keeper League can only keep four. I'll read you the name of the prices, okay? Mm-hmm. Keeper League can only keep four. DJ LeMay is only three dollars. Adalberto Monasi is six. Jose Barrios is eleven. He'll be a no. Mike Soroka is a dollar. Wow. Blake Snow is three dollars. Max Fried is a dollar. So let's let's say Barrios is out right away. $11. is That's $10 more than Soroka and Freed.
0: Fair and a good pitcher, but yeah. Not for this. Price. Yeah. You, you could get him within range of that.
1: So, like, would you keep LeMayhew over, like, Soroka and Freed? I mean, LeMayhew, everything he's doing looks legit. Power, great team, great lineup. I mean, and he's only $2 more expensive, I and mean, we know pitchers get hurt more. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are two Braves youngsters, but, man, or Blake Snell, won the Cy Young last year.
0: Yeah. I think the cut here comes down to Adalberto Mondesi versus Max Freed. And I think it's Freed, it goes.
1: Mondesi's only $6, and we still expect him to steal 50 bases next year. Or are you viewing him as brittle now?
0: I... I'm kind of ashamed of myself for not having questioned his being brittle before this year. Really? Yes. So you're... I mean, you were always kind of no, no, out Brittle, on Montez. But like, Brittle's such a—it's a, such a nasty word. I, it's barely unfair for me to say that. He—he he has gotten hurt more than I am comfortable with through the course of his professional career. That is bothersome. So who
1: are you, so we have to get rid of two players? One is Barrios. Who's the other?
0: I think it's Freed. Okay. I think I would keep Montez anyway. It's six dollars.
1: I would too. Yeah, I like Sirocco over Freed. Blake Snell at $3 seems pretty good. <laughs> and and a lot of his numbers this season support that his season has been unlucky. He's yep. been the unlu- unluckiest pitcher this year, right?
0: He, Yeah, well, I'll have to check if that's true today. He was at the time he had gotten hurt. Uh, by the way, in Snell's defense for rebound possibilities, he does call one of the best pitcher's box in baseball his home. That definitely enhances his rebound prospects.
1: Uh, Kevin G, Ryan McMahon is an OPS over 900 since July 1st and it said lefties better this year than righties I tried to trade for McMahon in a league I couldn't get him um, they, they play him a lot it is Coors Field but are you disappointed in McMahon's numbers I expected more for the playing time didn't you like and are we ever going to like assume are we going to assume next year that Ryan McMahon breaks out or is this just what he is
0: I, I think there's a little more growth I, I don't think he's a star I've never really felt like he was going to be a star but I thought he'd be a very good player this is a little beneath, especially if you keep in mind the, the just the, the power nature of MLB this year. This is a little bit of a disappointment. Frame but he also 14 has home runs dis- and
1: 386 PA. That's disappointing. He should have 10 more home runs.
0: He should have 10 more home runs just because of the baseball. If this was a typical year in the past, we'd probably be looking at him as have, having had a pretty good year.
1: He actually has a higher OPS against lefties than righties. He's a left-handed hitter. Six of his 14 homers have come against lefties. How about that? Um, and obviously his home road splits are ridiculous 360 slugging on the road. yeah, I thought Ryan McMahon and he's not old he's you know 25 24 so he'll be 25 in, in December. yep I thought but the, the fact that I don't guarantee him playing time I don't know I, that's, that's a lot of pas he's playing pretty much every day. All right um, any final thoughts here I'm pretty much out of questions. please keep <laughs> sending cool. questions in. We do have six more weeks of this show. And uh, we would love your comments. And if you ask a question, the chances are pretty good that, that I'm going to read it <laughs> because I didn't make up any questions on this show. But if you make me do that on Monday, I will do so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're, as long as we get you singing, we'll all be happy.
1: No, we need to get you back to singing. That's, that's what it's all it. about. I'm um, having
0: my tea and my soup and all that stuff. I'm working on it. I'm working on it.
1: Alright, anything else to watch this week? And Obviously some big series here for real baseball. And, and if you don't like real baseball, you can't like fantasy baseball to me. I mean, like you've got to like them both, love them both. Dodgers, Braves, huge series between first place teams. Um,
0: Yankees, Indians. That's a big
1: one. That's a big Cleveland that has a week in New York after the uh, Yankees. They have the Mets. Uh huh. Um, so I want to see Clevenger bounce back on Sunday against Sabathie. That's important. They,
0: by the way, might be one rehab start turn Corey Kluber. away from getting Corey Kluber back. And by the way, I'm so happy to see that Carlos Carrasco has resumed throwing. Yes, I'm absolutely. Rooting, I'm rooting for him. I mean, and I think we all are here, but I think it's exciting times for the Indians. They have two guys on the men who are very important in the playoff.
1: They are, and I find myself rooting for players more than I used to. Like twenty years ago, twenty years ago, I was five years old. But like I used to like be a little bit more cutthroat when I played fantasy baseball. Now I'm not as much. So even if like Carrasco is on a team I'm fighting for first with, I'm still rooting for Carrasco. Like I want to see him do well. Um, You know, even if it, you know potentially help somebody else in my league that might catch me
0: it's always better to root for your players to be just that little bit better than your competitions rather than saying i hope all my competitors well, st- players stink. i was i was hoping
1: that nola would be cole Hamels last night Won well, nothing because i'm I'm a, a hamill's fan personally and i've got him on a couple teams it didn't go well <laughs> i mean it went well for the phillies <laughs> you know but i was like okay stop scoring stop scoring because today against darvish they might score nothing you know like that's
0: There's no momentum from day to day. Anyway, you you know it's my fault that Aaron Nola hasn't had the year that he should have, right? You can, you can, you can feel free to blame me. Why why would I blame you? Because, because the picks I had of Aaron Nola and Trevor Bauer and Jameson Tyone... Have not exactly panned out in any way near the levels I yeah, had set.
1: There's no jinxing. It's not your fault. It doesn't no, matter what you so, say about a player. Sometimes they're gonna do you're what just going to
0: miss on a couple of very key guys, and it's just like the, the 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 key pitching ones that I've invested in this year just have not been quite there.
1: All right, fair enough. We're done for the week. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, and check out our friends at the Fantasy Focus Football as well for Troy and Tom and Tristan. Lots of teas. I'm to Eric. Have an awesome weekend.
0: Everything is awesome. Darkness T.